I think I'll call this quarter one um, as I just hop on here um, just to, yeah. just to spur it on you. I don't I don't think I have a healthy sample size yet for everything. I like to see maybe five or six week sample size before I feel really galvanized about how the rest of the season is going to look. But I would say yeah. first quarter, um, just kind of maybe do a little bit longer with you uh, tonight. Not by much, only additional five, 10 minutes, but looking at it um, through Q1, my first team is Herbert McCaffrey, Mostert for the running backs, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen for the wide receivers, TJ Hawkinson at tight end, Dallas defense, and then what, you know, second teamer, JV squad, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, kind of a coin flip, though, honestly. Like, depending yeah. on your scoring format, that could that could be, that could differ, I've noticed. Yeah, and then by like league all stars, you're not reading off a team you have, right? <laughs> oh no, shoot! I wish. Yeah, yeah, no, no. This is this is based on um, comprehensive yeah. rankings. Yeah, I wish. Second team, yeah. yeah. So then running backs, it's like it's Kyron Williams, Devon A. Chain. Even though he's only played two games, he's clearly yeah. it's clear. Like it, 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 there's no other way. If if Kenneth Walker would have had a better Monday night, um, he would probably. Uh, he would have probably be there over a chain, honestly. Um, not not just making yeah. qualms over my uh, my DraftKings lineup that he didn't perform and, and come through at the end for me last night, but um, he would he he would be up there if he would have been doing what he had been doing the previous weeks. I feel like um, yeah. wide receiver Puka Nakua, um, Devonte Adams, Nico Collins, and then. Uh, JV tight end. I put. I think Sam Laporta right now, and then uh, Bills defense. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's um, my teams. I'd say because I have the fantasy games one metric, I have to consider it maybe more than I would off the cuff just sure. to be on brand. Yeah. But to um, so I'll I have some of the guys that were in start as much early in the year like Nakua and. <clears throat> Um, I think he announced it this week. It's Achan, actually. Like no one was calling him Devin Achan. Nope. Yeah, but even um, at A and M, nope. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So my uh, yeah quarterbacks. I agree. I think it's between Herbert and Allen. It depends probably on. Um, well, it probably depends on like how many points per interception and things like that. You can even argue that like Herbert should have done more. Um, against the Dolphins. So I would give the edge probably to Herbert so far as I think he's earned it. But um, if I had to pick someone on the team the rest of the way, I might lean Allen. But, um, you know, depends on what you're measuring. Running backs, I'd say, obviously, McCaffrey. Um, Kenneth Walker has been uh, the number two by the Fantasy Games 1 metric. While um, And there isn't someone else with, like, a strong enough claim there. So I think I'm going to go with Walker on my first team. As far as the second team, um, I'll – because uh, I'll probably be with Bijan. And I'll actually – I'll put in a bit of an – no, I'll put, I will put Mostert in there because he was more likely to be in your line for the big game and has been okay. Otherwise, yeah. granted, week four wasn't very good. Um, they just didn't over um, – 
put him in over there, over just over Kyron Williams and uh, Devin Achan. Um, really, not a lot of running backs are happy with so far this year. Wide receivers: uh, Justin Jefferson and Tyreek and Keen. Uh, I mean, it's tough to not put Keenan Allen in the first team. He's, I guess, the flex. The wide receiver position oh, might be the one position that the rankings had right. Well, besides Jamar Chase, I think I agree. it seems like it was on point. Yeah, yeah. Yep. it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. no, you're yeah. always going to have a miss. Like Debo, Debo yeah. was Debo was extremely overrated last year, yeah. and you know he still was serviceable. Jamar Chase probably experiencing a similar thing. Also, you know, well, think about it. Like with uh, Debo last year, quarterback situation was a little shaky. Christian McCaffrey gets thrown in the mix. Yeah, he was coming off injury, yeah. so there were a couple of uncontrollable variables there that um, didn't favor Debo. Um, similar with Jamar Chase here, it's not that it's it's an injury or anything like that, but Joe Burrow's not the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you know the offense needs to maybe do some evolving because they're they're not as creative as they have been, and I feel like Joe Burrow is kind of in the same boat Aaron Rodgers was early in his career where Joe Burrow does the 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 easy things or the simple things really well now it now yeah. now it's time now they need a play caller to actually go in there and draw some things up I don't think you can just yeah. have Joe Burrow throw into double and triple coverage to T Higgins and Jamar Chase every play it's not going to work anymore yeah, plus um, I mean it's 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 still not clear if uh, Joe Burrow ever fully healed nope. from his calf that injury. Too. Um, yeah, um, they kind of lack that third weapon in there right now. Tyler Boyd doesn't seem to have really shown up. No. I mean, again, how much? They, it's they, not clear how much of that right can be. They're off, definitely missing Hayden Hurst. They got Chase Lang. Yeah, I think that's that's true. They've always Cincinnati's always had a tight end that is a bit of a threat. Like they even went from years of having someone at least at the Jermaine Gresham level, then they had Eifert for a few Eifert, years. Yep. You had these random good games from Croft and Uzama were good from time to time. It does seem like they're the weakest at tight end they've been in quite a while. Even if they had like a Devin um, Smythe, that would be better than what they're dealing with current state. Like yeah. just, just throwing around like random tight ends. as well. I feel like they could have done something in the draft and they just didn't at that spot. And they really could have used somebody. Yeah, and speaking of tight ends, I actually think with this last week, Mark Andrews bumps up to number one for me. Okay, with um, that's fair. With a tight, tight competition for the two spot, I'll um, some of my numbers say Kelsey, but I'll go with Hawkinson for number two. Okay, push because he's um, he's had a, the his one great game. Was Not enough people play Laporta next. yet. I mean, it's I think it peaked up a little bit this past week, but he's um. I don't know. It's I don't know if everyone realizes how rare it is for a rookie tight end to actually um, become a producer in fantasy. Let me actually look that up. So I've been starting Luke. I've been starting Musgrave every week this year in a redraft league, and I don't yeah, regret Laporta's up my to, decision. Laporte is up to seventy-one percent. Um, wow. He's uh, he was at he went zero six thirty seven and seventy one Musgrave I'm curious now you might it's a little bit more rare yeah he's only at twenty one percent so he's a couple weeks behind Laporta in terms of adoption by the fantasy community I don't think they're that much different 
outside of the fact Laporta is just a better polished receiver. Musgrave is getting the same amount of snap volume and routes, uh, you know, target depth, um, yards per route run and, and everything like that. It's just Laporta is a little bit faster and is actually capitalizing on his opportunities where Musgrave hasn't done that yet. And Musgrave got a concussion last week. And this isn't just Packer apologist over here. Like he's, he's out there all the time and that's rare for rookie tight ends. I mean, just as soon as Musgrave went down, Tucker craft was in there getting the same workload. Yeah. They diversified it more with, uh, Josiah Deguara and uh, some of the other guys too that are at the tight end spot, but the 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 youth in the tight ends this season is I mean even Michael Mayer was out there for Vegas. The, the, I'd say this year's an anomaly for the tight end position um, in 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 rookie and second year talent. Even Jake Ferguson in Dallas is is looking really good. It, it's not to the Mark yeah. Andrews Kelsey level production, but. It's yeah. better than what you're getting from Chigakonkwo and Kyle Pitts. Yeah, Kyle Pitts is, um, uh, man, it's it's just more of the same. I what's interesting is I've heard some comparisons saying that Laporta and might actually be the reason why Gibbs hasn't gotten a lot of volume is because they haven't needed a sort of passing volume to go to him necessarily. I'll be curious to see if they have. Um, you know, if they offset each other throughout the year. Yeah, same with Jamison and Williams because, coming yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah, that'll that's that's one more weapon out there. They um uh I mean I think one day there I do think there is gonna be a giant Jameer Gibbs game at some point. But um yeah. I feel more confident about that than whether or not Kyle Pitts is gonna start getting utilized. I don't know. It's so like I feel like you're seeing so Montgomery had an incredible week four that he put on a clinic um, on Thursday night in green Bay. And I think what you saw from Montgomery was just, he's just so familiar with the league and that in the division, he knows what he's doing, which benefits him a lot being that he has a better, he has a better offensive play caller and he has a better uh, offensive line conjunction with better blocking schemes probably a better decision maker at quarterback in terms of what he had in chicago so i think that's why we saw him why we see him doing incredibly uh proficiently and honestly if he wouldn't have been hurt that one week he could be up here with uh you know at least second team or jv squad for overall rankings versus kyron williams and devon achain i think he that that one week of not playing kind of was a strike against him. Did him in. Yeah, and he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't nearly started as much as he might have been when he did well. It's interesting. I, I don't remember a team swapping out two running backs that probably didn't need to be swapped out no. to get almost the same type of roles back. Like man, the. Um, I mean, I think David Montgomery. Um, starting to think, yeah, maybe he is even better potentially than Jamal Williams at that role, although he hasn't gotten quite the same touch and opportunities that Jamal had last year. But, um, yeah, it's, yeah. So that's, if we want to know what's going to happen the rest of the year, looking at last year is probably just the the best way to do that. And how did that actually break down? Maybe Jameer, you know, it's going to be more, um, 
robust uh, from an injury standpoint than Swift. Uh, than DeAndre Swift is. Yeah, that's a yeah. great way of looking at it. They essentially upgraded their one-two punch that they had from last year. Yeah. And that's why I, I was thinking about that in terms of, is that what this is? And, I you know, sometimes seeing is believing, but... Um, yeah. yeah, we'll see. I I have a feeling we have a lot more to learn about what this Lions team is capable of. Um, I, I need to see t- probably two or three. I want to see, like, two do they have that's, like, really good on their schedule that will, like, be the, like, kind of like the, okay, yeah, this team is for real, for real. Like, that's kind of, you know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of looking for that, that real, um, <sighs> that prove it well the real test is going to be thanksgiving because they usually don't do well there um tampa bay at tampa bay in two weeks that one i think because that that's a good that's a good litmus test the the they have a two-game stretch where they play um at tampa bay and at baltimore i think will i think that'll be a good learning curve if they go one and one in that stretch i'll be very impressed I'm especially thinking Baltimore. Baltimore is the one that stuck out to me. Yep. Um, Yeah, even if I could see Tampa and Baltimore having similar records this year, but I think Baltimore is more of a consistent opponent, I guess. But, yeah, that will be interesting. If they're able to do it against Baltimore, then we got something to say here. Um, Maybe we finally are seeing a little bit more of the stable Jared Goff. It was was strange. I was actually talking to another owner um, in one of the leagues I'm in uh, describing – uh, getting frustrated with Dak and going with Jared Goff. And I was like, what year is it? <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's, it kind of makes sense. Okay, so I'm of the belief that I don't think that Herbert is going to be that because I just don't I don't think he the next stretch he has I think it'll be kind of a back to reality for Justin Herbert unless he does some really special stuff. But the loss of Mike Williams, I don't think it hurts them as bad as people think it does because Josh Palmer, although he isn't Mike Williams, he comes in and he plays a pretty good like option for him. Still, like he, Josh Palmer has always been reliable. Um, when the guys are gone, and as long as Keenan Allen is still out there, I feel like that's the that's the kicker. But we're now in a situation where it's you know it's it's multiple guys. It always feels like it's multiple guys for the Chargers. They can never be a fully healthy roster. You know, we have no we have no Austin Eckler right now, um, no Mike Williams now. So that this is yeah. this is where this is going to be where it's like okay Herbert what are you made of they haven't really they've just played really close games honestly like the fact that the raiders got in that game back in that game with a rookie quarterback who um you know i watched a lot in college and he he aiden o'connell was okay but he had his week like any you if you want to look up fun some fun stats look up Aiden O'Connell's record against Wisconsin Badgers it's awful so it's not like Aiden yeah. O'Connell is some like second coming of Brock Purdy here so that's why I'm yeah. like I'm a little confused by the Chargers I think that they're in for uh 
they were cruising for a bruising unless they can really turn things around from the bye week because they go right into the frying pan with Dallas um, <laughs> on Monday Night Football on October 16th. So I, I and then Kansas City. So I'm I'm a little uh, I'm not feeling the Charger fever, um, despite what some people might be saying. Yeah, I think it, it's kind of bizarre how you have that. Um, <clears throat> you do have just some teams that can't seem to stay healthy. The Chargers seem to have also this air of fragility around them just in general. Um, I don't know that they've seen anything different ever since the Ladanian Tomlinson years when not only did they have a strong offensive line, but I don't know, their jerseys were navy blue. Maybe that felt a little bit different. But, um, yeah, we'll, this is the Justin Herbert show. I agree with that completely. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think he's got bad weapons around him. Um, with the Michael Williams injury, I mean, you get, a, get used to that at some point. We might be, maybe Quentin Johnson will figure it out this season. He might be a player that takes a couple years to get it together, or maybe he never will. Um, and we'll have to, you know. I mean, I don't think what was it a high ankle high ankle sprain for Eckler, right? So he's eventually going to come back. Um, I think if they have a stable of running backs, it'll make it a lot of it easier, led by Eckler, as opposed to um, just a stable of uh, backup running backs only. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Chargers can do. I do I like the idea of Justin Herbert as a high upside play this year. He could show out. He could be someone. I think the MVP odds for Justin Herbert were a pretty good bet this year. Um, not to say that he's a little more likely than not to win it, but given what's within the realm of possibility, I thought he was a good investment there. Um, but I, so I'm hopeful. I don't think they'll beat the Cowboys, but it wouldn't shock me either. How long? Um, so I, I, I don't know. I think we talked about it a little bit. Um, so Elijah Mitchell ruled out against yeah. Arizona for the 49ers. So it's like, well, I guess we just do more Christian McCaffrey than, how how long is this sustainable? I, um, I, uh, Shanahan might just run him until the wheels fall off. Um, and honestly, Christian McCaffrey will, will do it. But it's, yeah. I'm just when <laughs> what is this? What where is the, the limit here? Because there ha there has to be like somebody ha else has to get involved here. Somebody else has to start taking some carries. We're already seeing Seattle mix in Charbonnet to help, you know, take some of that workload for uh, Kenneth Walker when they need those high uh, rushing game game script drives. You know, they they mix yeah. in Charbonnet. There there has to be a second fiddle to McCaffrey. I just don't know who um, in that offense. I know they have a bunch of, you know, kind of youth behind Mitchell there, but they just haven't tapped into it at all. I think they're going to have to go to Mitchell. They're going to go to Mitchell one way or another, either Eventually. by choice or out of necessity. McCaffrey, I, he's he's not, you know, he's not as durable as some of the other running backs that have seen volume like this. Um, he, I mean, he's made it through a full season like this, but he's 27 now, which is now seeming more and more ancient in running back. Him and Eckler are, like are similar ages. Yeah, I think they have to spread out. I mean, they have. They they have the weapons to do so. They they 
Um, Debo Samuel's only points this past week were actually on the ground. Um, so I think Elijah Mitchell will eventually get the ball. Um, you can't, this is, it actually reminds me, this is like a Mike D'Antonio running Amari Stoudemire into the ground situation potentially. I don't think this is sustainable, but um, it's, it, I actually wouldn't totally fall someone if they tried to sell high with McCaffrey. Like if you tried to trade McCaffrey for Justin Jefferson right now, I would kind of uh, applaud the, the guts in doing be so because I don't think there's a chance. I don't think there's a great chance he finishes the season at this rate, or at the very least, they're going to dial him back. Would you trade? Um, I would be a little. Would bit you nervous. trade Christian McCaffrey for uh, Tyreek Hill? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, in a vacuum, in a single season league, I still don't think I would do okay. that because just of how up and down Tyreek is, and how um, I feel like the day I did that. We see a big Jalen Waddle day, and then we see another big, like Raheem Mostert day. I had to, I had um, to ask because yeah. you know where yeah. of where Tyreek and Justin Jefferson currently are yeah. is pretty lockstep um, in terms of production. Yeah, so. Jefferson though is like he's having maybe the most consistent season of a top tier wide receiver ever. Yeah. Him and McCaffrey have both gone every week of this year having. Um, and a bu- significantly above average week. So whereas Tyreek um, and Keenan Allen actually have gone with a couple below average to average weeks combined with two huge weeks. So um, the, which is it's a more efficient usage of fantasy points if you're able to be consistent. And he's even Jefferson even did that in a bad Kirk Cousins game. So um, I would still put I, I I put Jefferson for this season right now still like. Maybe not a tier above Tyreek Hill anymore, but noticeably above him and probably a tier above him. Um, I think it's those two, and then we're getting into the Tyreek discussion about who's next right now for value. Yep. Um, and then, obviously, you know, third on that receiver has been Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is only as good as he, he stays healthy. Otherwise, you know, he'll he'll be that oh, yeah. he'll be that volume pig for you uh, as uh, you know as he is. Uh, constantly open um but it's it's you know him and Devonte adams i feel like can fluctuate um although uh i think keenan allen is tied to the better quarterback right now um i i, I Devonte adams i think is is stuck in in limbo um unless the raiders decide to move him elsewhere um so yeah. looking at some of the some of the newer emerging talents that really have jumped off the page starting out this season from just overall, not just from Winshare's perspective. I mean, like obviously Bijan Robinson, but as a byproduct of what kind of system Arthur Smith runs in Atlanta. Um, hence why we've seen positive t- Tyler Algier games, but uh, Puka Nakua and Nico Collins, the Texans have really kind of surprised me. Um, I think there's more to that offense there that we haven't we haven't fully uh, seen, um, and I'm I'm wondering where they honestly look better than the Jaguars right now, which is weird to say, but at the same time they they have the right people involved to make good decisions, especially for, on the coaching staff front. Um, 
thoughts on the Texans, where the production is going to be. I think C.J. Stroud okay. is a much is a must play right now, and I don't think enough people are playing him. Yeah, I um, I would be playing C.J. Stroud. I don't know that he's necessarily. I don't know that I go so far as to say must play just because. No, I mean um, it's a situation. I don't, I don't think the tapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah it. Um, the tape. I mean, he's he's in a good spot where if he he has enough talent to take advantage of the no tape on him, which I feel pretty good about that. And his receiver's actually pretty underrated, all things considered. Nico Collins has been underrated for a while. He's a pretty Nico Collins, Tank Dell. Yeah. Um, he has Tank that Dell, Robert yeah. Woods old reliable. So yeah. Um, plus, we'll uh, <clears throat> yeah. I mean. I think I think better days are ahead for Damian Pierce. He's put out a couple very average weeks now. Yeah. Singletary um, Singletary's been getting more opportunity as a result of that. Yeah. I think what I what um, I like about CJ Stroud is his ability to produce in a negative game script environment. What he did in week 2 against yeah. the Colts, I thought was very impressive despite things kind of working against him and then it was like all right reins are off in the second half let's just see what he can do and then him and tank dell actually put together some really nice plays um and then you look at how they responded from that colts loss going into jacksonville um stumping the jags in week three and then putting together a incredible performance against the Steelers on JJ Watt day. So, yeah, it's also, it's, it's possible that D'Amico Ryans is a great coach. That's also possible. And, to, and that's their offensive the coordinator is really good at pass game coordinating. Yeah. Cause that's what he did in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, I, I'm 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 hopeful. I mean, I think they've shown enough that it's not the same old Texans, at least the same old as far as how they were for what like the last yeah, um, you know, since 2019. They've um, shaken off some stigma I'm, for sure. Yeah, Bobby Bobby yeah, Bobby Slowick. I, I always forget his name. Um, but oh, I was, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, and to be honest, like it, we'll see if it ends up being a uh, potential mistake you know that Bryce Young was the first overall pick this year too uh, Stroud had some buzz for that but um I'm feeling pretty good about I'm feeling good about my Texans right now if I have any actually don't have too much too many shares in Texans unfortunately but um I think they're they have a chance to like leapfrog a few teams and stuff the Jaguars haven't been overly impressive they could jump in front of them a little bit Trevor Lawrence hasn't been amazing this year either sure um, so I'm, uh, yeah, so that's, I guess it's, uh, arrow pointing up, maybe not straight to the moon, but, um, yeah, overall feeling pretty good about anything anyone that's dependent on CJ Stroud right now. Yeah. Um, do you find Seattle to be a fun team? <laughs> it's fun watching, uh, uh, I think some of the sound bites or Geno Smith are pretty fun. I think, um, uh, <clears throat> Yeah, it's just as a as a Jets fan, I can't quite get past the fact that I'm just in disbelief that it's Gino out there all the that's time. That's fair. So that's to the fair. extent that that's fun, sure. <laughs> no, I understand. I just uh, watching them on Monday night, like I was, I really needed a good game from Kenneth Walker, and that didn't happen. 
to the fullest extent, but um, I forgot that I had started their defense. And um, honestly, I feel like for the, like the first half of the season, everybody who survives anybody who has Christian McCaffrey and Patrick Mahomes um, okay. on the other side should be should wear the shirt. I survived. Uh, christian mccaffrey week um so i thought i was i thought i was dead in the dirt and then um seattle's defense pulled me through and i completely forgot that i had them played because i i streamed them and uh i i yeah off waivers and i was like oh my gosh like that actually worked so they kept me alive surprisingly against somebody who had mahomes and mccaffrey so i'm like huh Okay, all right. Second wind. Let's go. Yeah. Um, but it has not been a good year for me at all from a fantasy perspective, and that just sometimes is the the risk we pay for you know maybe paying too close of attention to things. Um, but what do what do you think as we're going into the bye week, the bye weeks phases of the season? What are some things that you're going to be looking out for? Um, and looking to add to your lineups or any backup players from any teams that you're particularly interested in or systems that maybe had had a rough start. I know every a lot of people are talking about Chicago right now, being that hey, don't you know, don't get too carried away with what's happened with the sample size we've seen. Um, I don't know yeah. if if you're writing off Denver like I am, um, but. I'm just curious. What are you? What are you thinking? The going into the uh, the next phase of uh, this season. Yeah. So um, I always enjoy the bye week kickoff because it really frees up. Um, I mean, it gives you more difficult situations to deal with as a fantasy manager, but also gives you at the same time more options. So better free agent options start popping up. I um, one player who. I also think now is the time to where you're going to get the chance to take some quiet bets if you have the roster space to do it on handcuffs that could become huge fantasy assets. Rico Dowdle on the Cowboys is one player that I've kept in mind that I have not heard a lot about that's likely to be available. He's probably available in like yeah. 90% of leagues or so or will be once you start dealing with some of the buys. Um, so I just like the upside of the Cowboys offense for any running back in there. I think Tony Pollard's going to have a lot of uh, um, nice weeks in there. He actually is a player I still could see being, you know, besides maybe McCaffrey, the top running back the rest of the way. Um, but it's uh, maybe a little bit low uh, before he starts demonstrating it. If there's a chance to buy Tony Pollard, I would do it. Um, I also like around now, um, I mean, honestly, I just look for, uh, I look for volume as much as possible. It's too early in the season to start leaning into things like, I'm a big weather guy when it comes to defense. I don't, that, that's usually a down the stretch type of thing. Yeah, that's, that that's a that's a Buffalo Green Bay play. Yeah, yeah. Or Kansas City you know, sometimes. C- Seattle too, actually. Yeah. yeah. Anybody that's um, north of, uh, yeah, anybody that's okay. in the northern part of the the Midwest or northeast or Pacific Northwest. Yeah, north of north of the extended Mason Dixon line. I yes. guess. That's what it's um, called. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, those are some of the ones situation uh, I'm looking at. Always keep an eye on who's coming off of IR now and how that's going to impact everybody. People may forget a little bit that um, we're only a week or two away from Deontay Johnson coming back, from 
Um, obviously, Cooper Cup coming back. Um, it's uh, keep an eye out for. Um, also, if you get a chance to pick someone up when they're on, you know, one of my favorite moves in fantasy football is picking up the player who's on a buy and thus not locked into a lineup yes. as early as everyone else mm-hmm. on Sunday, and so that you get them before the waiver turnaround and everyone remembers that that player is available. Um, so, I mean, that's more of a technical move than anything else, but that's where my head's at this point of the year. Yeah, um, my thought process, I agree with the backups, but it has to be the right backup. So, for example, I had Kendra Miller in a league, but I needed to I needed to make some moves. So I dropped Kendra Miller today because with Kamara coming back and Tony Jones Jr., Taysom Hill also back there, I'm just like, you know, Kendra's going to be great. If this was Dynasty, it'd make more sense, but it doesn't. And I can pick up people... Or, you know, in this case, I have to streamline a defense, but I'm not too concerned about that because I know my ability to pick defenses is pretty high. I, I'm very good. I'm obscurely good at defenses and tight ends, but not at not at telling people like I don't know why I I'm never going to like tell it. But because I don't want to jinx myself, but I've somehow figured out a good way to get those two, um, even though they're like nailing jelly to the wall and those are the types of moves you just have to be willing to make the sacrifices you kind of have to to do don't get too hurt if you if one of your you know far-fetched outliers doesn't work out give yourself breathing room and i think that's the best thing you can do um in fantasy generally speaking this especially this time of year you know come time like week eight you should have a pretty good idea of who your where your production is coming from right now we're still figuring that out and you should constantly be evolving trying new things not worrying what your projections are but looking at where the volume is going like you said and what historical consensus has told us especially with say with like players like for example Josh Palmer last week History says when multiple offensive weapons in the Chargers are down, Josh Palmer tends to get more opportunities. So you have to be look at that historical consensus. It's not a bad litmus test to figure out what to do in your lineups. Yeah, and I in one of my favorite rules of thumb for enjoying fantasy is. If you're deciding which player, say, to drop or which player to put in your lineup, one way to look at it is try to, yeah, look past the projections. Look at who would you be more upset if they did well and you didn't take advantage of it. Because one of the most fun aspects of fantasy is when you see someone coming that no one else does. So I've been in spots where um, I've followed that advice and been very happy about it. I've been followed where I've gone against it. And I've been very annoyed at myself. I don't really remember the times that well when I, um, well, you know, if it's not a play, there are always going to be situations that you have some unique insight into. There's too much information out yeah. there for the information on your fantasy page to be totally objective. Um, so don't be afraid to say, go 10 spots down in the weekly rankings on your defense if you think that you. Um, just know something about either your favorite team or someone else that's 
um, that everyone else is missing. So no, that um, literally and, happened and, with me and Devon A Chain this weekend. I did not know he, if he was going to be productive in a negative game script environment. Turns out yeah. I was wrong, and I'm going to be playing him the rest of the season because I had the top waiver spot. I got him as you should have if he was available in your league after week three and i was like oh there's no way lightning strikes twice and turns out all the reports of him getting a bigger workload were accurate and i should have went with my gut and played him now fortunately i had a very bad week from my opponent with patrick mahomes um and seattle's defense bailed me out but you best believe moving forward, I'm playing Devon A chain, rain or shine. Like there's, there's no, like he's too, there's too much potential there right now in terms of the way he's being used by that offense. And I'm not saying like go out there and, and, and play, you know, your guy like that, but you know what I mean? Literally what you're talking about, Byron, yeah. like don't, don't hesitate. Yeah. If you pick a guy up off waivers, you, you, you yeah. did it for a reason. So don't waste it. Yeah, yeah, and they um, I mean, at least in I think in the league we're in too, if I remember correctly, um, I drafted, but then because of injuries, ended up dropping Devin H. Chan. Oh no! Even though he wasn't necessarily one of my guys going into the sure. year, even that hurts a little bit. If there's anybody that you think like this is my guy, I see this whole situation where he things could come together, um, reach for him. I wish I reached for Tony Pollard in another league or two where I didn't just because my pick slot just didn't end up working itself out this year. So if you think Tony Pollard, like I thought he was value. It was probably the right pick around like 17th pick. And I kind of wish I had taken him with like the 11th pick in one instance, because uh, like a 10 team league, just because now it's like, all right, if he does turn around, he's not there. Like um, similar for me, I have some regrets around not getting more shares of DeAndre Swift. So those are again. Those are the things you end up remembering in fantasy. So that's all I'll say is like that's a way to have fun with it. And things have enough variance that you can only go so wrong with it anyway. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll leave it with that. Just one of my guys too. Like if things do turn around in, uh, or the Broncos are in a lot of shootouts and Cortland Sutton goes off this year, I'm going to be starting him when he does. This is one more example of this. Um, a lot of people giving up on Cortland Sutton. Cor- I hate you that he burned me so bad <laughs> last year. Yeah, I yeah. thought I was getting a value with Russ coming to town. Little did I know Russell was cooked. All right. Well, yeah. Byron, this was good. Um, yeah, I'm not um, – just to close things out here, not really going to do projections this week because I think we gave you enough to chew on, um, and that's okay. A little bit of a longer episode with Byron, which we appreciate. Please check out Byron's work on the YouTube channel, on his blog. It's great that he gives us his time uh, once a week. And Byron, good luck with uh, week five, and we will see you next week. Like in week five, always happy to be included. Awesome. Enjoy the day, everybody. Please like, comment, review, subscribe, wherever podcasts are found, and we will see you on the next episode. Peace.